Zebula Frank. I'm also greeting all of you in the precious name of the Lord and I wish us a weekend as we never experienced it yet that really the presence of God is being manifested in our midst that no one really no one would have to leave here not having been blessed. We are greeting from near and far, from all over the world. We have received words of greetings, brethren from all over Africa, Asia, from various countries are greeting us. Then Brother Graf from Switzerland, Brother Tadi from Brussels, Brother Wallström from Denmark, and as already mentioned, our brethren from Cambodia, from Thailand, from Vietnam, just from all over the world. One cannot even list here all the countries from all over Africa, from Kenya, Congo Republic, from Sierra Leone, from everywhere, from Benin, from all over. We have greetings from Brother Daniel from Cape Town and from Brother Motika from Johannesburg. We are just joined with all of them. Then we have greetings, especially from Chile, from all our friends there, from all brothers and sisters who are also joined with us in their hearts. And all who are listening to us now and watch us now, to them we say, be blessed with us in the name of the Lord. Then we are glad that we have friends here in our midst for the first time. May I know how many of you are here today for the first time? Just raise your hands. Yes, maybe you should even stand up. The hand cannot be seen properly. Be welcome. Yes, here we have friends from Cape Town. God bless you in a special way. God bless you from London. God bless you. Friends from the Czech Republic. Friends from Finland. Yes. And here, be welcome. I think today also all the various languages are sitting mixed up all over here, but yet we are one. God bless you in a special way. Friends from Marseille, God bless you. Yes, what shall we say? Be seated. God bless you. I was especially glad when the brother from Finland, who is here today for the first time, he said, I was in the meetings of Brother Brenham and at that time I witnessed 
what God has done. Just so nice that we can still have eye and ear witnesses of that what God has done. So, from the far north, from Finland, from Sweden, from Poland, from the Czech Republic, from Slovakia, from Romania, from Italy, Switzerland, France, Austria, Luxembourg, Belgium, Netherlands, everything is represented here today. And we thank God. The brethren or the bus from Romania has traveled 1720 kilometers to be here today. Others traveled 1200, others 900, others 800, 600 and whatever kil the kilometers where what they traveled to be here today. And when we then think about that God is a God of love and mercy, then He will reward us richly today and He will speak to us. Be blessed, especially you from Cape Town. God bless you in our midst from London and from Paris and from Brussels and from half of the world to the French speaking who are down in the dining room I would like to say a word of comfort God willing we will soon have another balcony on which 120 seats will be available and we were thinking to build this especially for the French speaking so that they will sit together listening to the French translation. We are just glad that there is still the time of grace that God still speaks, that He still saves and that He still reveals Himself. Quite a few words of the Holy Scripture are today upon my heart. Firstly, I would like to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians Chapter 15 from verse 3 For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen of Kephas then of the twelve after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present. 
so far this word connected with the thought that the Lord is not only there where two or three are gathered in his name but also there where more than 500 at once were gathered there he was present and we may just say and believe that he is always present where his people are gathered in his name to hear his word. When we read the four Gospels, then we have an overall picture of the birth of our Lord, of our Redeemer, up to his ascension. And when we read in Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and Luke 24 and John 20, then we find the reports about that, what happened on the resurrection day, what happened on the morning of the resurrection day, how the Lord appeared to the women who came to the tomb, how the two disciples came and how they found the empty tomb, how in the evening of the same day, the Lord came together with his disciples. We are finding all these reports and we believe that it remained thereby, that it must remain thereby, that the Lord reveals himself to his own as the risen one. And whoever reads in Acts chapter 1, he will find out that the Lord was teaching his disciples for 40 days before he sent them out. But that when the evening came, that he was gathered with his own to reveal himself to them as the living one, as the risen one in their midst. When I was reading this, this word, that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at once, this caused something in me. Really, it caused something in me. And when we today look into our midst, perhaps more than 700 are gathered here. And we can and may count on that he will graciously visit us today as the rising from on high and that he will bring with him salvation, healing, deliverance and all the blessings he will bring with him. That means he already gave it to us. We just need to receive it by faith.
Before we go into the word, I would like, I don't want to forget on this for me so important day, I don't want to forget to say, for me the 2nd of April has probably the meaning as it had also at that time. It was the 2nd of April, Palm Sunday, when the Lord was riding on the foal of an ass into Jerusalem. And when the people took the palm trees and were spreading them on the streets and they were crying out, Hosianna, Hosianna, to him who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosianna, on, on high. The 2nd of April 1962 remains in my life a special day and I would like to sing here the chorus that was the nicest day which God ever gave me with a responsibility as no man can imagine and just to explain this here a bit with Brother Ziegler and Brother Kupfer, just I had short conversations just before the service, and both expressed one thought. Only if we ourselves have come in certain situations and trials in our lives, then we can understand others in their trials. And this is the word from Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, that we then can comfort others with the same comfort we were comforted from God. And this goes over to the thought which our Lord expressed when he said, I will not leave you alone. I will send you the Comforter the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, who will be with you. The 2nd of April 1962 was a day which was connected from God with the divine plan of salvation in the end time. <coughs> I was never asking God to receive a commission. I was not, not even dreaming of that there is even such a thing that the Lord would speak today with a tremendous audible voice. I really, I was never thinking or dreaming of such. But when we look back today, then we see in what kind of wonderful way God in His sovereignty does not respect persons, but He takes whomsoever He wishes, He sends whom He likes, and then is only fulfilled 
that we should carry out the commission which we received in truthfulness and faithfulness because it is not just about a time which is passing it is about eternity and we all want to stand before God when I think about that then Brother Brenham on the 3rd of December 1962 gave the confirmation and was repeating word by word of that what the Lord spoke to me he could not know it except he would receive it by revelation from God I don't want to go into details this is not necessary but when we then see on how God was leading everything in a wonderful way <coughs> also up to the point of time when Brother Brenham was called home on my birthday the 24th of December I did not know it I could not know it that he had this accident on the 18th of December. I could not know it, but on the 24th of December 1965, I, Brother Frank, have seen Brother Brenham going up on a cloud, bent over like this, and I said, in this vision I said, Brother Brenham, you of course are not the son of man. Why do I see you on that cloud which is taking you up without knowing that it was exactly the hour and the minute in which Brother Brenham was taken over from time into eternity. Then came, as some brethren here can still testify, then came the 31st of December 1965. And also there, we did not know anything that Brother Brenham was taken home. I was only told about it on the 5th of January by a letter from Brother Armbruster. And when then the Spirit of God was working in a mighty way on this New Year's Eve, prophecies, tongues, yes, the presence of God was filling the building in which were exactly 120 persons. And then it was in a prophecy, my servant, I have laid my sword into your hand. I was rejecting it on my inside and I was just thinking, the sword is in Brother Brenham's hand, but please not in my hand. I don't know it, that God took him already home and we see how God really was leading everything step by step all the way up to the funeral of this great man of God when on the same day in the evening 
the peace of God came upon me and a voice in my heart not audible but my heart was jumping and it spoke in me now your time has come to give out the stored in food and I came back to Germany and the ministry started in the kingdom of God with the travelings the journeys into all the world and so God himself was really placing all things in a wonderful way in the course of all these years I don't have to make anything up here I don't have to tell any stories here I can say it in truth and I can line up with, with what God has really done and determined in his foreknowledge. Now we have arrived in a time where really also within the message clarification has become very necessary and we wish that the word of God the word of God is getting such a meaning and it's getting so precious to all that they take the sermons of Brother Brenham back into the Word and that they just have to acknowledge that when God sends a prophet then of course as he said it himself many, many times to turn our hearts to the word of the fathers to the holy scripture of course not to bring about new denominations or new doctrines but to bring us back to the word the church of the Lord which is being called out now from all peoples, tongues and nations must be a word bride as the bridegroom was the word made flesh and as the bride was in him just as Eve was in Adam, so the bride was in Christ. And as the side of Adam was opened and Eve was taken out, so the side of our Lord was opened on the cross and the blood came out and the bride was taken out. We were already chosen before the foundation of the world to be with God throughout all eternity. Some scriptures now to support the word in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Here we have a number of thoughts which are being expressed here. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 14. 
Colossians 1 from verse 14 in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins not will have we have received it God was in Christ and has reconciled the world with himself. Actually, we have a number of points which are expressed here just in a few verses. Firstly, the redemption which was given to us by God and in connection with the redemption we received forgiveness of our sins because God was in Christ and has reconciled the world with himself. The next thought which is being expressed here is in verse 15 that he was the image of the invisible God, the image, the outward appearance, the visible appearance of the invisible God. Then it is being expressed, the firstborn over every creation. This word was very difficult to translate in all languages. The best translation would be with the thought of the perfect creation, the creation which would not be harmed because here it is about the new creation. The first creation was long time past and it was of course him who spoke all the creation into existence through his almighty word. Here it is about the firstborn who brought forth the new, the perfect creation. And then we have in verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Not he was created, by him were all things created the visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Here we have again an insight into that what he was and who he was. Then we have in the next verse, in verse 17, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. In him all things consist. He spoke everything into existence through his almighty word. He is responsible for everything and everything consists in him. 
And now comes the main emphasis for us in verse 18. And he is the head of the body, namely the church. The head from which everything goes forth, who decides over all members, he the head of his body, the church. Here is the point. Only who really belongs to the church of the living God, he who was baptized by one spirit into one body, will acknowledge Christ our Lord as the head and everything what he said and what he commanded. He is the head. He has the say-so. It continues here in verse 18. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Also here, the translators had a hard time to bring it to the point. The word Genesis is beginning, origin. In him all things have their origin, because all things were created by him and for him. He is the beginning. He is the origin. He is the first who came forth from the dead. He, the only begotten Son, the firstborn, came forth from the dead and has taken away the power of death. And then it says here of him, who in all things might have the preeminence, yes, must have the preeminence, there is no other way. Otherwise, we deceive ourselves. If we don't let ourselves be placed into this plan of salvation, into this divine church order, then we are deceiving ourselves. How often shall we say it? The church of the living God is the most precious which God has on earth. Nothing else was so precious to him, so precious as his church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things, as the Holy Scripture says it. And then, to crown the whole thing, it's written in verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself by Him. I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. We 
We have here in a few verses, we have received an overall view of what redemption is for the redeemed. An overall view what the New Testament Church is and what she received from God. Because we of course rose together with Christ to a new life. Whoever wants to go through each point here, for instance, the first point that we have experienced the redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Then one necessarily has to go to Luke 24, verse 47. And there is written, in his name, repentance and remission of sins must be preached among all nations. And with this word one must go to John 20, verse 23, and just read, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And how did it happen? Through the preaching of the message, of the message of salvation to the people, forgiveness was brought nigh. And whosoever believed, received forgiveness. He who did not believe, did not receive it. Then Acts, chapter 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We see the agreement, the lining up in the Holy Scripture, not taking one Scripture out of context, but taking all Scriptures together to have then an overall picture. Acts, chapter 5, verse 31. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We have here the connection in the word of God. And we just have to emphasize that all interpretations of one single scripture just have to lead into error. It just belongs to the biblical teaching that all scriptures which pertain to a certain subject, that they are really taken together. Acts chapter 10, verse 43, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Is this not clear enough? Everywhere God has used the mouth of his servants 
the apostles in the New Testament to give an overall view of the proclamation and of all its content. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 Romans 5 verse 12 Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. This is well known. Death has passed upon all men. The Lord God has said, The day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. And behold, death has passed upon all men. And we all, of course, were born in sin and nothing in life is as sure as death. And then we see him who was immortal and who became mortal after the flesh to take everything on himself. Whatever things could happen to our bodily life and to pay the price and to shed his blood so that we receive the redemption by grace. And at the return of the Lord, we even receive the changing of the mortal bodies into immortality. How often shall I say it here? The resurrection of our Lord is the guarantee for our resurrection. His ascension is the guarantee for my and your ascension. He the firstborn, we the church of the firstborn. Romans 5, verse 15b. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Here our Lord and Redeemer is shown in His humanity because in His humanity, in His body of flesh, He paid the price so that we can become partakers of the divine nature and by grace we can be saved. Romans 5 verse 18 Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Oh, what a gospel! What a wonderful message of the grace of our God. We all were lost. And the Lord Himself came to us to save us and to redeem us. Then we have in Romans 8 the special verses from verse 1 to 3. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation anymore. Don't make efforts to condemn others and don't let yourselves be condemned by anyone. It's only the accuser of the brethren and no one else. And sometimes he is using the mouth of men. And then one must differentiate and one must be careful. Because here's the point. We mentioned 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 and 4, we mentioned it, that we should comfort one another, that we should edify one another, not to condemn, not to destroy, but members on the body of the Lord are serving one another with the gift which God has given them. Where the Lord is, there is building up. Where the enemy is, there is destruction. And all the gifts and all the ministries are given for the edification of the church. And we just thank God that we now already can experience a portion of the restoration by grace. Once again, Romans 8, verse 1 to 3, there is therefore now no more condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. He in us and we in Him. His word is alive in us. We carry it as a divine seed in our hearts. But the second part says, God condemned sin in the flesh. God condemned sin in the flesh by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Just to emphasize here the word sent, all the prophets were men sent from God. God spoke, God gave commissions and He sent His servants at all times. Time and again it says, I send you, I send you. Not only in Jeremiah 1. And then we read of John the Baptist. He was a man sent from God. With this word sent, one just has to also go to Galatians chapter 4 to see what is meant thereby. Not that the Son was already in heaven and then was being, would have been sent, but in Bethlehem he was born and then he was baptized by John the Baptist in the river Jordan and then the temptation, the trial and then the sending. That's how we have it in Galatians chapter 4. 
from verse 4 but when the fullness of the time was come God sent forth his son born of a woman so born of a woman and then being sent made subject under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. This is, of course, the great and wonderful plan of salvation of our God, that all who have the birthright, who believe God's promises and who receive them, and by this they confirm that God is true. They have received their part. The birthright guarantees us everything what God has given us by His grace. Jesus Christ, the firstborn among many brethren. If He is the firstborn, then we, through Him, have received the adoption of sons. And we are the firstborn. Galatians 4, verse 6. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7 in Galatians 4 Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son and if a son then an heir of God through Christ. Verse 5 must be emphasized in the second part so that we might receive the adoption of sons. That's what it's all about. Not religion, but God's plan of salvation in its realization, in its fulfillment. And therefore, we believe that God revealed His Word and His whole plan of salvation anew and that He put it onto the lampstand to place us into this divine order in obedience to His Word. The remark, this actually no one is permitted to make here, but if we look honestly throughout the world today without judging how many directions there are and no one wants to submit to the word, leave alone being placed into this divine order. All are right and all know everything better and what are the fruits in their lives brothers and sisters we must come out from disobedience into obedience out from disbelief into belief out from the interpretations into the scripture 
must be laid back so that the divine order can be established. We believe that before the rapture a real restoration must take place. Everything must be brought back into its original condition because that's what the promise is. And all promises of God are yes and amen. So, what is it about today? Let me in this connection read you one more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 21 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 21 for since by one man came death, so also by one man came also the resurrection of the dead. By one man, by Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we have said it here before, when he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was that moment when he took my and your place. We were forsaken by God. He had to to represent us. He had to take our place in reality and he had to die in our stead. But after the resurrection, he is only addressed as Lord. The Lord is risen. Time and again, the Lord, the Lord. In his death, his humanity was manifested for mankind. In his resurrection as the Lord over life and death. And as Brother Brenham said it once, so nicely, he said, the devil was of the opinion when our Lord came down, he thought, now I have you. Finally you are here. Long enough, I have waited for this moment. And Brother Brenham, in his imagination, he lines out there, I thought when I killed Abel that I have you. And when I killed all the prophets, I thought that I have you, but now I have you. It was just the opposite way around. Not Satan had him, but the Lord. He died as a man for us, for us men. And then he conquered Satan, he conquered hell, he conquered death. And he rose on the third day. It seemed like when we look to the cross and when we look on, on the way to the cross, it looked like that he would be a loser. He was spitted at. They told him, prophesy, who has beaten you? They said, others he helped, himself he cannot help. So much scoffing and mocking was never here before. So much despising as our Lord experienced it. 
on the way via Gethsemane to Calvary. But as written in John 19, because he knew that now all things are fulfilled, he even drank the vinegar. And then he cried out, it is finished. This call from the cross, this word of the cross, it is finished. God was reconciled with mankind. Brothers and sisters, just receive it. Receive it. It is a gift of God, without effort, without merit, without being worthy. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, says our Lord. And then you know, when you hear His voice and when you obey His call, this is already the proof that you were chosen from before the foundation of the world. Because, because our Lord says, no man can come to me except the Father draws him first. And if you feel this draw, then you are coming to him and you are confirming the divine calling, the election which was given to us by his grace. So, not only becoming a believer with the head knowledge, but receiving Jesus Christ as Redeemer, because that's how it is written in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, as many as received him. It must be a reception. Just like in the natural, one receives someone, opening the door, welcoming him, receiving him. So, we must receive our Lord. And it may not be fulfilled again. He came to his own and his own received him not. No, today shall be fulfilled what is written in the second part of the last church message in Revelation chapter 3. He who hears his voice and who opens the door to him, I will come into him and I will sup with him. Today, he wants to sup with us. And I would like, in this connection, read some important scriptures. The first one, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, Luke 24, Verse 30 and 31. And it came to pass, as he sat at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to them. A wonderful word. After the resurrection, 
Before, we have the places in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, where the Lord was celebrating the Lord's Supper during the Passover with His own. But here, after the resurrection, he was invited and behold, he sat at the table. He took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke the bread, and he, ga he gave it to them. Why do we emphasize it today? Usually, when we read the scriptures pertaining to the Lord's Supper, then always, like for instance, in Mark, chapter 14, where it is written that our Lord took the bread and blessed it and break it. Mark chapter 14 verse 23 to 25 and he took the cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Here the emphasis is that about on the blood of the covenant. Also this we emphasize time and again. In the cup, was the fruit of the vine as a symbol and when we celebrate the Lord's Supper then we are not drinking blood because with his own holy blood our Lord as high priest entered into the holy of holies and placed it upon the mercy seat that's how it is written in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 and 12 that he with his own blood entered into the Holy of Holies to obtain an internal redemption for us the blood had to be put upon the throne of grace and since then there is grace and again grace for all who are under the blood of the new covenant when we celebrate the Lord's Supper then as a memorial meal for that what happened for us on the cross of Calvary but here in Luke 24 we have the report of that what took place after the resurrection and this makes me so glad we are living after the resurrection and we may count on as I said before that the Lord is also present there where hundreds are gathered in his name 
that he doesn't overlook anyone, that he turns to, every, to everyone, that he speaks to each one, and saving the lost, setting free the captives, that he just blesses as he always blessed. Here it was at evening time, Lord, abide with us, for the day is far spent, the evening was come, and behold, he went in to them, and he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke the bread, and he gave it to them. You see? The words are missing here, as they were said before his death. Here they didn't have to be said anymore. The sacrifice was already done. The price was already paid. Now just to break the bread and to give it out. And then comes that moment, as written in verse 31, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and they recognized him. When did they knew him? When he broke the bread, and when he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Brothers and sisters, we are inviting today our beloved Lord and Redeemer. It has become evening. The midnight hour is here. The Lord has a desire to sup with us. He breaks us His bread. He gives us His word, because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. But in the same way, He is present when we today sup with Him, in the perfect faith, in the finished work of redemption on the cross of Calvary. And should the enemy still accuse someone, he may not do it. Actually, it would have been good to read Romans 8 from verse 28 up to the point who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is Christ who justified them. And continues, what can separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Brother and sister, precious friends, we have been saved and we can never get lost. God does not save us today to let us get lost tomorrow. 
God has saved us, and therefore it is written, and has given us eternal life, not only saved, but has given us eternal life, and he who has received eternal life will live eternally, as sure as eternal life is in him. So, when the enemy tries to entangle you in temptations and wants to accuse you, show him his way. Don't get into a conversation with him, but rather look to Calvary, there, there, where our Lord cried out, it is finished, it is finished, the veil, the veil was torn. The way into the Holy of Holies, into the most holy place, into the presence of God, is free. God was reconciled with mankind. What a wonderful gospel. What a message of the cross, of the crucified one, and of the risen Lord and Savior. And today, we may sup with Him, and He with us. Today, we may have a communion with Him as the ones who are reconciled with God, as people who receive forgiveness, who carry eternal life in them. As such, we may today sup with Him. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, there we are told that we shall sup with Him. We don't have to read all these places. They are, of course, well known to all of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, from verse 15, I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. Yes, judge what is being said in the sermon, judge yourself, tell me here and today, is it so, as God said it in His Word? Of course, of course, it, that's how God said it in His Word, that's how it is. And then in verse 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? In the blood is life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. So, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? What a wonderful comparison. Verse 17, 
For we, being many, are one bread and one body. You see? Here it is already about the church. God had a body in Jesus Christ. He dwelt in Him. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Him. And now the redeemed church is the body of the Lord, the fullness of Him who still fills all things. And therefore, we have here the wonderful testimony of what the Lord's Supper actually means. Verse 17, once again, For we, being many, are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Yes, that's how it is. One bread and it is being broken and then it's many pieces of the one bread. So in the same way are we one body but many members on that one body where Jesus Christ himself is the head. Brothers and sisters, subordinate today to God. Receive the grace and salvation. Agree with every word of God. That every resistance is being taken away so that the old man has nothing to say anymore as we heard it in the word of introduction, but that we were truly born again unto a living hope. We are not the old man, but where the new man, Christ, has the say-so in us. And that we then voluntarily subordinate to God, saying yes to His word. And by this we can count on the greatest blessings of our God. And by the way, blessings many can have. We need more than blessings. If we look today into the charismatic movements, all are speaking about great blessings. We want to be blessed as Abraham was blessed. We want to, and as Paul has written to the Ephesians, we want to be blessed today with all spiritual blessings which are in heavenly places. The curse has been taken away from us. The sin was blotted out and covered. The past is wiped out. We have a great and glorious future today. The Lord wants to manifest Himself in our midst as the risen one. Let me close with a sentence. What, what would it help us if we would read up all these reports that the Lord appeared to the women early in the morning before sunrise 
What would it help us if we would read all these nice reports and then we would go out empty-handed? This may not be like this. This shall not be like this. Today, today, the Lord wants to reveal Himself to more than 500 people. Here and today it shall take place by His grace. Today, not sometime, today it shall happen. And then we can testify on the 2nd of April it happened. On the 2nd of April in the evening it happened that the Lord came to us, that, that He blessed us, that He manifested Himself in our midst. And this we want to now receive by faith. And how many are convinced that the, word, that the word is true and that he promised, I will be with you all the days until the end of the world. And his word applies even today. The world sees me no more, but ye shall see me. Ye shall experience me. I will walk in your midst and I will dwell among you and I will bless you because I have become your God and you are my people, the blood-bought flock, the people of the new covenant. Receive it and thank God with all your hearts for it. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let us stand up and let us pray. Maybe we sing first the chorus, Thou art worthy, Thou art worthy. Thank you. 